0: hello 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 and welcome aboard travel with anita and friends i'm excited to share today's show it's a repeat and a very special one i recently won the gold lowell thomas travel journalism award for the kindred spirit mailbox show which aired last year on september 11th lowell thomas awards are the most coveted travel journalism awards the highest recognition in the very competitive travel field given by the satw foundation The awards are named for Lo Thomas, an acclaimed journalist, prolific author, and modern day explorer, who achieved numerous firsts during five decades in travel journalism starting in 1914. Take a listen as I share this heartfelt story of the Kindred Spirit Mailbox. It's not just time to get away. It's time to travel with Anita from around the world to across
1: Georgia. She covers it all.
0: Now, here's the host of Travel with Anita, Anita Thomas. Hello, 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 and welcome aboard Travel with Anita and Friends. Now, Travel Today has us looking for places close enough to home for a quick getaway and far enough that we can sort of cure that itch that we have for travel right now. So, that could be road trips or it could also be a quick flight where we are going to some places maybe trending because those ways of traveling are trending right now. Road trips and quick flights are what travel is all about. And while we're itching to get away, we're also looking for places that hold something unique. Places where special memories can be made for everyone. A place where you can connect and come back renewed. I mean, that sounds like a perfect getaway to me. Now, I found that the Brunswick Islands in North Carolina are just the place to satisfy that itch to travel, as well as have a very, very special experience that I will say you can't find anywhere else. Now, the Brunswick Islands are filled with things to see, things to do, things to explore with all kinds of things, everything from festivals, festivals fishing, golfing, visiting historic sites, and museums, of course, are there as well. And if you're by the sea, you know what I'm going to say next, you got to enjoy some great seafood. And if you love uh, fishing, uh, there is also the U.S. Open King Mackerel that's coming up in late September, so you can participate in that. But there are also two highlights for a visit to Brunswick Islands that i like to talk about. Number one is a visit to the Old Bridge Museum, which brings history alive with stories and items from the Old Wooden Bridge, which connected the mainland to Sunset Beach. You can join the Bridge uh, Historical Society for a festival on October 24th, and you can find more information about that on the oldbridge.org website. And for more information on all the things happening soon and a little bit later in the year at Brunswick Islands, visit the website ncbrunswick.com. And there you will find not only things to do, but also places to stay. Now, I mentioned earlier that there is something very special and unique that you will only find when visiting the Brunswick Islands. And that's on Sunset Beach. It's a kindred spirit mailbox. Uh, It was placed there by Frank Neesmith and his then girlfriend, Claudia, as a place for people to leave messages and uh, leave notes, leave poems, leave things like that. Now, it has spanned decades and thousands, and I say thousands upon thousands, of heartfelt notes, letters, poems, and messages. Now, I had a chance to visit and actually meet Frank Neesmith, and I can tell you it is truly a unique, touching, and heartwarming experience. You'll want to make a trip there to have this experience yourself. Now, on today's show, I talked with Frank Neesmith's daughter, Lynn Neesmith, and two women who helped with the mailbox through the years. Mr. Neesmith passed away last year, and today I'll share stories told by his daughter, Lynn, Anne Breath, and Ann Bokeman, who is with the Old Bridge Museum, where we talk about Frank, the mailbox, the heartfelt experiences of taking your, your walk along the beach to the mailbox. So let's start with my conversation with Lynn.
2: The original mailbox was on this little island you had to get to by boat. So I don't know if Claudia or Daddy, I wasn't there for that. But somehow they sort of came up with this idea to put this ma- mailbox somewhere that'd be hard to get to and people might find it or might not find it. So um, well,
0: happenstance almost.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Nobody, I mean, nobody knew about it. Nobody knew really who put it up. It was always sort of a mystery who was the kindred spirit and, you know, how it got there. So I don't really know exactly how the the very first um, came about. Yeah. So Claudia left. I mean, she she never lived at Sunset Beach. She would just come and visit Daddy. I mean, this is sort of a little background. (laughs) Um, She didn't come back to the mailbox as often, you know, once she and Daddy broke up. Mm -hmm. She ended up marrying somebody else, and actually, she had this crazy story where she and her husband—he proposed to her at the mailbox and all that—and then, you know, just it just there's always there's all these stories over the years. But and she, I don't know when she passed away. She passed away probably like fifteen or twenty years ago.
0: And it's it's just amazing that your that your father kept kept it going. Yeah, especially he's not.
2: like you said, you and what's like? What was he like? He was always just sort of a, uh, um, up for something different. I mean, he didn't like to do the typical things. Like when we'd go to the beach at Sunset Beach, the kids would be all like, i gonna go to the Ferris wheel. We want to play putt putt golf." And he was always like, "No, we're gonna go for a walk or do this or do that." So he was always really into nature and finding unique ways to entertain the kids and when we were growing up my cousins and neighbors he was always sort of up for some kind of adventure and usually involved outdoors and nature or history not the typical ways that kids are entertained you know today Mm -hmm. even back then he was sort of known for his crazy ideas to entertain the kids he was a complex character he could be um Just the sweetest, kindest person, but yet then he had sort of a, um, just he had a very personal, you know, he was full of life, full of personality, uh, unpredictable, interesting. I mean, could talk about anything. Um, He he wrote poetry. It's funny, um, when he passed away, he passed away about a year ago. It was July of last year. So I found this book of poetry that he had written in like that summer of 1975, 76, about the time he was putting up the Kindred Spirit mailbox. And it was just amazing. Um, you know, he had always sort of played by the rules. He lived in a small town, kind of done everything, went to the Citadel, went to the army, and um, you know, served in World War II. He kind of did everything by the book, and then all of a sudden, he moved down to Sunset Beach in the '70s and just sort of rediscovered himself.
0: Well, he definitely had had lived a full life, especially if he was in the service and that type thing as well. Met a lot of people. Um, did he ever explain what his expectation was of the mailbox? I mean, when he put it, when it was put up, was he expecting, or were they expecting that? Um, People would come from really everywhere. I mean, what, what were the expectations? Well, it was just sort of this crazy idea, no, no ex,
2: really no expectations. But, you know, he was on CBS News and he was on like, it's been in the New York Times. I mean, it's really just in the, you know, more recently, because in the beginning, um, he kind of, it was always sort of, he didn't like to take credit for it. And it was sort of a secret, especially when, um, when it wasn't so popular, you know, in the old days, they put a notebook and it would see it being there for, you know, a year for it to fill up. It would that that few people would find it and write notes. Right. But um, you know, now on
0: a summer day, a notebook can fill up in one day. Exactly. Uh, the day that I was there, I think there was more than one notebook in there, and uh, you, yeah, you had, to, you had to kind of look through the find a find a page. <laughs> yeah, I know, and there's that. That's the good thing about it. And I would say also, Lynn, that the time that you spent with your father leading up to his passing must have been very, very special for both of you.
2: Oh, it was, I mean, if it hadn't been for COVID and it's just, it forced me not to, you know, I didn't have anything else going on. And I just sort of like, you know instead of quarantining by myself, I live in Florida, by myself in Florida, I was just kind of quarantining with him. And we had helpers, and we had hospice. And so it was just really, um, it was was amazing. And and it was also so that he was at home, and he wasn't in a nursing home. I mean, it was amazing the way it all worked out. I was so lucky. But I left Florida with like, winter clothes for North Carolina, March 1st. And I just like, I had to call friends. It's like, can you go into my house and find some summer clothes? Cause you know, and send them to me. So it was, but we had so many great, um, you know, it was, it was really so many great memories during that time. And he was able to be at home. So um, that COVID was good for me in that way.
0: Frank Niesmith's story is very fascinating, and so is his daughter. But we'll stop here, take a break, and when we come back, I'll continue my conversation with Lynn. She has lots more to talk about her father. Back in a moment, you are on Travel with Anita and Friends. It's friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgot, ours will still be hot. thank you for being a friend travel down a road and back again your heart is true you're a pal and a Finding a special experience on vacation is what we all seek. I found the Kindred mailbox on Sunset Beach in North Carolina a couple of years ago. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. It was started by Frank Neesmith and Claudia, his then-girlfriend at the time. I biked from the 40th Street down to the beach and to the mailbox, and when I arrived, there was a calmness in the air, a peace about the space, and although there were several people there, I felt connected to my inner voice and what I wanted to share with the mailbox. I sat and wrote my note and then stood on the high sand dunes and let the fresh air blow past me. And you can have that same experience too. It is this experience that brings people from around the world. Now I talked with Frank D. daughter, Lynn, and she told me all about the mailbox and really how it got started and how it has really sustained through the years. Because it was one of the last times he went to the mailbox
2: um, and it was after the hurricane, it was after hurricane Florence and the fire department had taken the mailbox. It's something they started doing the last, you know, the last couple of bad hurricanes is taking the mailbox down and putting it into the um, fire station for safekeeping. And so my dad rode back with the fireman to the find the exact spot and sort of like, this is where it needs to be. And it's, It's kind of funny because in the old days, you know, we'd have hurricanes. Um, He put it up in 75. Back then, when there'd be hurricanes, it would get washed. It might get washed away. It got washed away a lot of times. And we'd all go out walking on the beach. And he's like, okay, find the mailbox. See if anyone can find it. You know, because it could have been tossed up in the dunes. And so we'd walk from one end of the island to the jetty where it would, you know, capture. And someone would find it in the dunes. Um, That's a little bit of interesting history about the mailbox. The post is the same original post that he has used forever. You know, the metal mailboxes have rusted, but he's um, somehow that the post has never gotten lost. And it's always been found. And it's definitely washed away probably 10 or 15 times uh, during hurricanes.
0: After your father's passing, did you go and write any special notes in the the mailbox? (sighs)
2: Oh, oh, I went all the time. Okay. <laughs>
0: um,
2: I mean, I write, I mean, if I'm in North Carolina, I go try to go every day and I always write something and yeah, to him or to, I, I didn't really, I probably didn't pour my heart out in the notebook. I just, um, I would just go and write, you know, little short things when I would go, but when he was sick and I just felt like I had to get to the mailbox. So, um, I kayaked by myself like this back way to get to the back side of the island. And so I snuck through like this nature trail and um I, I got to the mailbox one day during COVID because I just said, I just have to, I just have to go there. I just have to be there. And it was so um like amazingly serene to be able to kind of make this journey, you know, it's difficult. It was kind of difficult to get there. But I got there, and it was just just so peaceful um, all during the time of COVID. And when he was sick, it was just like I would go there whenever I had a chance and just have a moment. So it was really special.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can see that it
2: would be. But we wanted to do something, so we found a piece of driftwood. And there's actually, we didn't want, you know, we didn't want to put it like it's the cemetery up there. So we just found a piece of driftwood that had washed up on the beach, and that's like his you know, we, it's, it's a sort of marker memorial to him. It was funny. Annie and I were like, we've got to find it. You know, we started talking and we were like, we're going to find a piece of driftwood. And we found this one piece of driftwood that we thought we loved and we put it up there, but we didn't put them We didn't put a plaque or anything. and We didn't tie it down. We just left it sort of behind the mailbox. And I guess somebody saw, it's like, wow, there's a piece of driftwood and someone stole it. So uh, we were so upset. But then just the way kindred spirit works in mysterious ways. So we were desperate to find another piece of driftwood. And we found another piece that we was even better. We we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that that, some, that one disappeared because this one is even more perfect than the first one. so
0: Well, you know, I have heard that people feel as though if, if they're coming to that area of North Carolina, they're going to the mailbox almost as a pilgrimage.
2: Oh, I would say um it's really interesting. The Nicholas Sparks book, it was just, it brought a new, a new interest and a new type of um, visitor, I'd say, you know, because people that read the Nicholas Sparks books had never been exposed to it, but you, it's so funny. You can see like eight women walking down the beach, you know, And they're like, our book club read this book. And we, you know, we're from, I mean, sometimes they were from Charlotte or Raleigh or Atlanta, but sometimes they were from like Illinois or Indiana. (laughs) And like, we made a, you know, we decided we were going to make this trip. We're going to make this trip. And, you know, they, you know, four girls or six, or, you know, sometimes you see a husband and a wife and the husband would like, my wife said all she wanted for Christmas was for me to bring her to the mailbox, you know? So it was just kind of, the stories, but a lot of those were people that had read the Nicholas Sparks, and other people have just heard about it word of mouth. Um, some people have been coming for years and years, um, and it's always sort of like, you know, if we're at the beach for a week, one day we're going to walk to the mailbox. So it's just, it's a real mix of people that um, that come there, and it's just amazing. I mean, you, some people are really happy and they're taking pictures, and some people you can just see sitting there you know, um, you know, crying, talking to the mailbox. I mean, you know, writing something and crying. I mean, you know, just it's so emotional for some
0: people. Well, yeah, that was definitely something that I noticed because the day that I was there, there were some people you could tell were very emotional. You assume that maybe they're writing a note to someone who has passed or maybe someone that they feel they need to apologize to or that they need to make some correction in their life where, you know, with someone, but you, you could tell that, you know, that that was a feeling, but then there were other people that you could tell we're writing something happy. So yeah, yeah. that's what makes the, the mailbox so special is that you can come there and express a whole range of emotions uh, that you're having and, and and share it with the mailbox. And I, I mean, I'm one of these people that feels that there's something greater so it's, it is going somewhere other than just on that piece of paper once it goes into the mailbox. It's-
2: oh, yeah. I mean, I totally believe. I mean, I write things all the time. Like, I have a friend that has cancer. I mean, you know, just look after people, especially now the day has gone. I'm like, dear kindred spirit, you know, look after this person. <clears throat> like, you know, I don't know. I, I do think there's there's definitely something, you know, no matter what you believe in, um, you, you, you've you got to believe there's something and it's something, whatever you, however you want to describe it and what you never know how it can affect someone. And that's what, you know, daddy always said, he goes, I had no idea I was going to do something that would affect people. Um, but it really has such a positive influence on, and especially, you know, in this world where everybody's hate and angry and everything's politicized. Right. It was just like, I really do think that mailbox is the one place where, you know, <laughs>
0: it's, like, it's, it's almost like a unity spot. <laughs> it really
2: is. I mean, it's everyone. just, it's just like the people, they're all walks of life. They're all ages. They're all, but you know, it's just like, and I think, you know,
0: it's just, if we could have more of that in the world, the world would be such a better place. Yes, the mailbox has special, well, should I say special powers? It is uh, because it does help people release and share messages in a very personal way. Now, we'll stop here. When we come back, I talk with Anne Breath about how she met Frank and became not only friends, but also work with the mailbox, and continues to work with it now that Frank has passed. They had a very, very special relationship, she and her husband with Frank, and her story is very touching. Uh, you can tell that that is a friendship and a connection that will definitely continue to span through the years, although Frank has passed. So we'll stop here, take a break, and when we come back, I'll, I'll start my conversation with Anne. Keep smiling, keep
2: shining, knowing
0: you can For sure That's what friends are for, for the Me. Some friendships are special, and the bond they hold just gets stronger through the years. Annie Breath was just that friend to Frank Neesmith, creator of the Kindred Spirit Mailbox. Welcome back to Travel with Anita. I'm off to the Brunswick Islands in North Carolina, where Annie makes sure that when you visit the Kindred Mailbox, they will be ready for you to have your own personal experience. I talk with Annie about how she met Frank and what she does to maintain the mailbox on the beach. Yes, I've been with the
3: mailbox for, uh, my goodness, maybe 10 years or so um, since I met Mr. Neesmith. Uh, my husband and I were walking on the beach one day. We purchased a house on Sunset Beach and we took our walk to the mailbox to give our thanks and write a note into the mailbox. And we arrived at the mailbox and thought we saw Santa Claus, which was Mr. Smith. <laughs> and he introduced himself and he said, I'm, you know, Frank e. Smith and I helped with the mailbox and and he explained who he was. And we thought, oh, my goodness, is this not deja vu? We have, you know, here's the man who started the mailbox. We purchased our house and oh, it, we we just were in awe. We thought again, we thought we met Santa Claus. And from that day forward, we never skipped a beat. I mean, yeah. Mr. Smith and I were just friends from the start. And that's how I, that's how I got started with the mailbox. He actually said at that moment when we met, he said to my husband and I, could you please help me with this bench? There was a bench that was stuck in the sand. That moment forward, it was, you know, he had asked me to help him with several things.
0: But now t- tell me a little bit though about the mailbox itself. Has the mailbox ever been moved or any parts of it replaced or just what, how, yes. how has the mailbox fared through the years?
3: Yes. The mailbox was moved from the opposite end of the island originally to where it's, it's present location on Burda Island. Um, the tide and water, um, had, had of course made them move it to the opposite end of the island. And they picked that spot, beautiful spot. Everyone goes to Bird Island and also the preservation of Bird Island in 95 um, made that such a special location. Mm. It's always, you know, that, that location now, so many come to Bird Island, um, especially for the mailbox. And the and the whole the whole preservation and the sanctuary of Bird Island as well.
0: Yeah, that's my understanding. I mean, it's like a pilgrimage for a lot of people, especially people that you know may have read the book that you know features the mailbox, or you know have heard about it, or you know just different things like you know however they've heard about it. You know, it's it's one of the things they must do when they come to the area. Or some people come Correct.
3: before that. Correct, and it is a pilgrimage. You know, there is a little bit of a jaunt, but that's part of the kindred spirit experience itself. So it's the nature walk, it's the whole, and then you get there and you sit and you contemplate.
0: And just standing on those sand dunes that are nearby the mailbox too, and just looking out and having the cool breeze, you know, from the ocean, um, it really does complete the whole experience. I, I, I agree with you on that. Absolutely. It puts
3: you in a different frame of mind. It puts you in that frame of mind um, to do the writing, do Mm -hmm. the contemplating. It gets you ready to
0: do your kindred spirit experience. Absolutely. But now about the notes, though, what happens to the notebooks? Because I know over the years, there must be hundreds, if not thousands. (laughs) There
3: definitely are. There are kindred spirit keepers. We make our jaunts the mailbox, gather them, put new ones in as we take the old ones, and they are taken to UNCW, the North Carolina Wilmington Library, and they are put into the special archives. And so if anyone would like to go and visit the special archives, you can go and look up your notes that you may have written years ago. You want to do research, you do anything, you can go to um, the archives and look them up and they do they keep them and and again we do it um, might be a, a journal a day might be a journal every two days that come out of that mailbox it's quite a lot of writing that takes place in that mailbox
0: oh wow I didn't think it was that frequent wow
3: oh my yes in the summertime with all the visitors there's a, a often, very, very, very often, especially in the midday hours, there's a waiting line sometimes to get to that mailbox. And so again, we have about five, I would say four or five notebooks in the mailbox at a time. And switching them out, it may entail um, taking the loose notes out, which people leave, they write a note before they even get there. And then their jaunt includes just going to deliver that note. Oh, and then, yeah, so it's easier for some people to do such a thing than other people enjoy actually just getting the notebook, reading others' notes, sit there, read, and then write their note. But yes, it, it it gets to be as busy as taking a notebook out per day during the hype of the summertime.
0: Have you read a note that's like a favorite or one that stuck with you or touched you in some, some type of way?
3: Oh my goodness, that, you, every single note that is in there touches you in some way or another.
0: Every single note touches
3: you. Reading every single one, there's so many that you can't possibly do that. There for a while, I would take Mr. Neesmith, the notebooks and read them to him. So I'm gonna have to say for me personally, every one of the notes that I have read to Mr. Neesmith are my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of that, the time that I had to do that with him. Um, every kinder spirit has a story to tell. Yeah.
0: It's like there's a story Um, with every note.
3: Right. Every story, every word, everyone has something to say. So to pick out something and say, that's the best one I've ever read. I can't say that. Children's innocent words that they put on paper are just amazing. They're so touching to the heart. They're they touch you in a, in a way that, oh, my, it brings you back to reality, it brings you back to reality. Um, children's notes definitely do that for me. Uh, and everyone is different.
0: Everyone is different. How, how did he kind of receive those? I, I would think it just would be very special to him knowing how he started this and how it's touched people's lives. It was his thought. He and
3: Claudia both. I'm sure, you know, the notebooks in the mailbox, it's the soul on paper. Mm. So every person that goes there is a kindred spirit. Everyone has a story to tell. That's that, that phrase. Everyone has a story to tell. And when you go there and you put your soul on paper, it releases something. It, it, you know, you then turn around and walk away on the beach. Uh, hopefully a new person hopefully a better person um and maybe you just you know want to go say hey to someone reading those to him and his reaction to some of those he loves just the fact that people do it and they are still doing it and knowing that it will continue and continue and continue what a legacy Mm -hmm. a legacy exactly a true legacy and no one had expected it the day that the two of them put that mailbox up. I think that probably has stuck in his mind. You know, he probably every, every letter you probably read to him, which I don't know, but I can imagine that maybe every letter you read to him, maybe he's picturing putting that mailbox up with he and Claudia in the sand, imagining to this fast forward to this day, you know, seeing all the people there in present day. When you read the notes that are in those books um, from saying hello to a child's story to a possible suicide note to a, um, again, they're setting something free, the kindred spirit on paper. But it's a moment and it's a place and it's a time and they all come together.
0: Now, Annie's waiting for us. So plan your visit to the Brunswick Islands. Visit the website, ncbrunswick.com for information on places to stay, things to do. And of course, you know what I'm going to say next? Things to eat. <laughs> Back in a moment here on Travel with Anita and Friends.
1: Whenever I call you friend, I begin to think I understand anyway and i always ever
0: a special place when visiting Sunset Beach that you must visit, and that is the Kindred Mailbox. If you have not been, now is the time to start planning. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. I talked with Ann Bokelman about her friendship with Frank Neesmith that really has spanned the years and the Kindred Mailbox. Now, she does work for the Old Bridge Museum, and uh,
4: she can tell you all about that as well. It was a very interesting way that my husband and I met Frank Neesmith In the summer of 1995, we had come to Sunset Beach for the very first time, and we saw signs advertising a nature walk. It sounded like something we would really enjoy doing, so we went. And there was this man, a bit older than us, and he had on a hat, and he was very engaging and very interesting. And he took us on a nature walk from 40th Street down to the mailbox on Bird Island. And along the way, he talked about all the different kinds of life along the beach and in the marsh and uh, in the intercoastal and in the ocean. And he also helped us understand how important the ecosystem was. Many, many things he talked about. But that was Frank Niesmith, And so that was our very first meeting with him. He was part of a group which we later joined called the Bird Island Stewards. And he was doing these nature walks to try to educate people about the importance of saving Bird Island, which effort long and arduous, but this effort was eventually successful. And the state of North Carolina now owns Bird Island and it is a coastal reserve. So Frank's idea was right, that if he could convince people how important that was, the island could be saved, and it was.
0: What year did the bridge, was the old bridge replaced with what's the new bridge now?
4: The new bridge opened on Veterans Day of 2010. So that was November 11th in 2010.
0: And, and what island does it connect? What does it connect? It
4: connects the mainland with the island of Sunset Beach. Our town is both mainland and island. So it spans the intracoastal waterway. Uh, And Frank lived along the Intracoastal Waterway. That's where his home was that he and his father built in the 1970s. I think it was 1974. He was just an amazing man. And we became friends um, through a mutual interest in history. And the Old Bridge Preservation Society as it was then was collecting the history of Sunset Beach. So I became friends with Frank and we talked about that many times. And then we became the Old Bridge Historical Society. I think Frank was an amazing man because he had a very keen intellect. He's one of the smartest people I've ever known. He was well-educated. His daughter would probably tell you about him going to the Citadel. But he also was self-educated on a lot of areas, including nature. He understood the grasses in the marsh and the birds that lived there and the way the tides worked and the way the inlets would come and go and move. He really understood all of that because he just had an eye for nature and a real keen intellectual curiosity. He really is one of the most special people I've ever known. And I was really proud to call him my friend.
0: Because I know so many people feel a special connection to that mailbox. And if you've met Frank, then that's even an additional specialness uh, to the mailbox to have to actually met him. So for you to know him personally, I would say that's even
4: a third specialness. it was a real gift to know Frank, I have to say that. And every time that I'm over at Bill's Seafood picking up some shrimp or fish to make for dinner, I come out of the parking lot. And if I turn on, on the street nearby, I would end up at Frank's house. And it just, I can't tell you how many times I've started to say to myself, oh, I wonder if Frank's home, maybe I'll just drop by. And then yeah. at first I realized he's not there.
0: I uh, asked Anne if she would share some of the recent things to see and do when visiting the area.
4: Um, so we reopened in uh, May during Memorial Day weekend. And we've really been having a lot of visitors and a lot of fun um we've been telling them some more stories from the area you know i have always believed that everyone likes to hear a good story from the time where little ones and our parents read us a storybook at bed to hearing interesting stories in our adult lives and so i think history is just full of stories that's the way i look at history so we were telling people about when george washington visited here we talked to them about during world war ii when there were mounted patrols on the islands watching out for German U-boats. We tell them stories of the Vesta, we tell them some stories that we're beginning to learn about the Native Americans who lived here hundreds of years before any of the colonists were here. And there, there are just so many fun stories even about the bridge itself, like the time the two young men tried to drive their pickup truck across the bridge when it was open and drove their truck right into the water. Um, Coming up this fall, we are having a fall fest on Sunday, October 24th in the Sunset Beach Town Park. So if any of your listeners live in the area or happen to be visiting us, we would welcome them. And there will be information about that soon on our website. Um, We also do history walks on Thursdays, but we do them by appointment. And what that's really going to mean in the fall is that Uh, they can contact us by email or the phone number on our website. And then we can try to arrange a mutually uh, convenient time to go on a history walk. And that's when we tell a lot of the stories. So those are some of the fun things that we're doing at the bridge right now.
0: Oh, it sounds exciting. I would love to come back. I really enjoyed my time there. And what about a website, Anne, for uh, people to go to a website and maybe check some things out beforehand? Yes,
4: you can go to the website for the old bridge. And the website is theoldbridge.org.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's show all about the Kindred Mailbox and that you too will take a trip there, take that walk down to the mailbox and have the same experience. Maybe you'll leave a note. Maybe you will just sit and reflect. However you choose to experience, the area around the Kindred Mailbox will be special for you. I'd love to wrap up today's show with a message from Frank Neesmith on his last visit to the mailbox. This was shared by his daughter, Lynn. Thanks for joining me today. A friend of
1: mine at the time and I decided to put up the mailbox. And somewhere along the line, the year 83 comes up as the time that the mailbox was put up on Bird Island. But actually, the mailbox was put up on a little island between Sunset Beach and Ocean Isle. And it was a little natural island. And there was an inlet on both sides of it with uh, uh, sand. A little bit of uh, beach grass on the thing. I named it the Isle de Claudia. That was the name of the girl that was involved in this with me. And I came up with the idea of the Kindred Spirit mailbox with the understanding in my mind that the Kindred Spirit would be anybody that would come and find the place, would be welcome to open it and write anything they wanted to write or if there was something written in it, to read anything that was in it. Her idea was that the kindred spirit was something sort of like a spirit that uh, lives in heaven or in paradise or uh, someplace not on, on this earth and but regardless of the fact that one of the uh, instigators of the Kindred Spirit mailbox thought of it as a, a, a spirit from off somewhere and the other one thought it was everybody that ever came to the mailbox was a kindred spirit, and anybody that came to the kindred spirit mailbox was welcome to enjoy. It. And I think over the past, I think over the past 45, 44, 45 years, it's done a good job of making a lot of kindred spirits happy. And that, and. That, if you can do that in a lifetime, you—it wasn't a waste of your time to be here on this earth. Hopefully, everybody that comes to the, this place will find some happiness from me.